0: Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company, all right? We're a movement of everyday folks like you and me who are letting beauty break through the noise so it can transform our culture from the inside out. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm so pumped you're here. What's up, everybody? It's a great day. It's a great day because I get to sit down with Nick Fabian. Well, I get to sit down with like an old version of Nick Fabian, a six-year-old, not like six years of age, but six years ago today, version of Nick Fabian. This is a conversation that we had when we first met. I mean, I actually think it was 2012, 2013, somewhere in there, I met Nick Fabian in Dallas at at a young adult conference. I was speaking at it. He was attending it. You know, I get a lot of business cards when I'm at these conferences. I get a lot of people who say they are aspiring artists and they want to move to Nashville. And I I hate to say it, but I, I don't always know what to do with it. I often write it off, right? But in this case, there was something different about Nick. And before I knew it, he was actually moving to Nashville and also incredibly talented. And his career has been slowly taken off ever since. But again, this conversation took place long before things were really popping and if you don't know who Nick is you're about to hear the origins the the early days and the stories that ultimately brought him out of college out of Dallas and into the great city of Nashville where he has been launching a career ever since so sit back and enjoy yet another one of our throwback episodes from 2014 with Nick wanna
1: have the time of my life I'm like, how do you do
0: All right, we're here with Nick Fabian. It's uh, the Love Good Music Studio in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, just a few months, not even quite a year of knowing Nick and... Uh, learning more about his life and his story, as well as his incredible musicianship and craft as a singer songwriter, and we're just so pleased as Love Good Music to be releasing uh, quite exclusively for the first time um, a, a project from Nick. So we're here to talk about that today and hear more of his story and what led him to this point in his
1: life. Nick, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Great. Appreciated that nice little intro. Yeah, man. I think well, you're too kind, man.
0: Let, let's get back to the to the beginning here. I, I, all I really know is you're you're from. Texas Dallas Dallas, and and you've got an incredible set of parents I've I've met your dad at this point and I emailed you probably don't know this emailed back and forth with your mom who cares very very much about you Uh, but tell me (laughs) how (laughs) how it all began for you both you know life growing up and you know when music came into the fray
1: Um, music was always there my mom uh my parents are both uh, symphonic musicians. They play a little bit with the Dallas Symphony and the Dallas Wind Symphony and um And what do you mean by little bit? Is this like their careers? Yeah, oh yes, yes. They are professional musicians, very much so. That's crazy. Very respectable uh musicians. I uh, I was music has always been there for me, you know. I was I was I was in the womb when my mom was playing Mozart's mm-hmm. clarinet concerto and B flat, you know. So I always I always had a little uh uh jumping around in there you know especially crazy when crazy yeah. to me
0: and I think actually as life has gone on even though I took a lot of classical piano growing up I appreciate it more right now than I ever have
1: so yeah. what was it like for you to grow up around such beauty oh, yeah man it's a uh, it's crazy I never actually listened and listened to you know normal popular music until I got older I always had you know the great classics Mozart, Haydn, Bach and you know so many uh good uh good classical and uh, modern or just really a more artistic music to listen to growing up and I always had stuff in my ears and I always had stuff to uh bounce off of musically so um yeah when
0: did you really get started yourself did you start by taking lessons
1: or yeah. it just was sort of yeah, in sure. the, would you just receive all that by osmosis being around your parents how did it work oh all, all the above so yes osmosis and um definitely definitely uh, facilitated my uh, my piano lessons and um uh when I started taking piano when I was really young and I was uh I was resistant I must admit I was resistant to uh the piano it's uh takes away from my my play time and and toys and stuff but uh (laughs) you know those were the days what
0: were your toys (laughs) let's 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 just do a throwback here for a minute what what
1: were your toys of
0: choice in uh in grade school I'm I'm gonna assume you weren't still playing with toys in late middle school But oh
1: well I don't know definitely uh (laughs) definitely um as far as classic toys go, Legos. I was Legos. a big uh, Legos guy. Built those b- Bionicles, you know, that with like, especially the ones that like, the head pops out and like gets you. And I built those. And uh, I also uh, was a big N sixty four guy. Nice. My, uh, Gosh, my sister that, played all the time. I
0: think I was in sixth grade when Nintendo sixty four came out, and it was revolutionary. How old were you? You were probably what I, second grade, third grade.
1: No, I was probably not even in school, man.
0: Oh, come on. Don't age me that way. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty big. That was pretty big. Okay, so you somehow were able to steer clear of these distractions and electronics Mm. and and cultivate this incredible talent of yours. Um, When did you start to think, man, kind of like my parents, I could see myself doing this as a career. I want to pursue this in a more, you know, um, really professional way sure yeah
1: definitely junior and senior year of high school i uh i kind of took a break from music in my middle school years and um i uh did football i did football and i really uh started starting to discipline myself as an athlete and uh what positions you play in football oh man i played like uh everything i was like started off like linebacker and then i like moved to like receiver and then i uh played play a little tight end and then I played a little fullback and then I played a little uh, uh and I was kicker so uh
0: it's a lot of pressure in texas on, to play football I mean it, oh, it's yeah. a big thing there
1: oh yeah I went you know it, it's huge at my high school I went to plano East and and it's like the biggest uh, like our graduating class was like f- something huge like I might I might be making this up but it was like five thousand people it was it was the biggest in the country at the time Wow so there was a lot of uh, a lot of uh um disciplined and and competition that went involved and actually I think that really helped me out with my music when I when I did the switch I joined choir um my 11th grade and 12th and and went on to 12th and uh, really I applied a lot of uh, my athletic principles to music and um I think that that helped help me a lot that's awesome. So yeah. those
0: were transferable skills and disciplines, oh, then, yeah. which is funny because you were already developing those those gifts within music. So then, what happened next? You know, you 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 went off to college, and right. I know that uh, from stories that you <laughs> you've shared even briefly that mm-hmm. your freshman year is not your happiest of years. Oh, and, and what um, led to kind of this now transition to Nashville and being able yeah. to release a project you're really proud of?
1: Yeah. Well, thank God. Um, I uh I went to the University of North Texas which is a big uh, music magnet one of the biggest uh, music schools in the country and it really has a really good jazz and classical program and i went there for uh, to study opera of all things and uh i was doing pretty good at it and um but it just wasn't something that i really realized that it was something i loved i liked it but i i didn't love it and uh, you know at this time I was writing songs and, and doing stuff on the side and um, but I was also getting my in, into some trouble with uh, um, some fraternity stuff I, I joined a fraternity and uh, was uh, was drinking and, and doing some stuff uh, a little a little too much and uh, really caused me to spiral down and and kind of be in a place I never thought I would be so it was a pretty you know, miserable
0: year in the end. Yeah, what, he was... What changed? Where where did there suddenly
1: come light and hope again? La, so the light came out at the end of the tunnel. I, uh, no, it, um... Reading Joseph Pieper or something, I'd imagine knowing you. Oh, yeah, I took, um, I, uh, man, so basically it, it was kind of like, okay, well, I'm in this really lousy place, like, what, um you know, what is there to life? What is, what is, what is my purpose? What it, you know, is this, is this really all there is? And, uh, you know, I, you know, I've been a Catholic my whole life, but, you know, this has kind of been a, a slump period for me. And I really started reading about my faith and, and really starting to listen to it more. I, uh, you know, read people like, uh, Thomas Quinas, you know, Augustine, Pieper, um, you know, lots, lots of, uh, great, you know, great minds, um, you know, that, that kind of helped me really grow in my faith as an adult. And, and, uh, I like to point out that very few people at age 19 and 20 begin reading yeah. church
0: fathers and somehow yeah. experience this fairly spontaneous deepening of conversion. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. It was, uh, it's very unusual. I feel like, and, uh, I feel like, I feel like it really would, would only happen to me. I like to kind of think of myself as an old soul and, uh, th- this, uh, this sort of classical approach to, uh, um, God and, and theology was something that really spoke to me, especially when I needed it the most. That's cool.
0: And I think yeah. that actually comes across in your lyrics.
1: It comes across just yeah? in the way really? you articulate your thoughts.
0: Uh, it takes a certain level of depth, interior depth to even grasp some of those concepts that you would come yeah. across in Aquinas and Augustine and people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a whole nother thing to then be able to, to share that. Right. And, and, and actually in some way, um, popularize those things because we're yeah. living in a culture obviously that is so far from objective truth and so far from mm-hmm. even understanding the transcendental truth yeah. beauty goodness and Absolutely. i'm sure it's difficult even for you like it is for me to put all of it into words but you, you kind of walk in with this intuition right now that this is good and that yeah. what you're doing as a musician uh, is, is not only good for your soul but good for those that will encounter it along the way yeah So that's pretty neat. I'm pumped about this EP. You know, I was just saying a few minutes ago, man, this is very new and very exciting for Love Good Music to have an artist uh, of your genre. And Uh, uh, it's just, I think, you know, going to be a really fun. uh, Yeah, Yeah. fun and new thing for a lot of our patrons. Tell us a little bit about your style. I mean, I know that you've got some influences that uh, you can even hear in, in these six songs, but. Tell me more about that.
1: Well, first of all, I would like to also say that I'm I'm very super pumped for this EP. Very super pumped. That's really good. Incredibly super, very super, <laughs> super pumped. That's awesome. Yeah, and um, I, I'm real I'm really excited to put this out. Stylistically, man, I would uh, I get I get things all across the board. I uh, I grew up and I really really what influenced uh, my songwriting at first was uh, a guy you might have heard of him. His name is uh, John Mayer, and uh, he. Uh, Yeah. He's all right, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) He, um, he was really big and I felt like his lyrics, um, I think a lot of my approach to lyrics are very mayor-esque. Um, they're very introspective and, um, in and, and sort in of, a little clever too. And, By the way, um, in
0: thirty years people will probably use your last name as an adjective too. Fabian esque. Fabian esque. Sounds even cooler huh. than
1: Mayor esque. Yes. Yes, very very we much. You can only know. hope for these things, man. Yeah, oh no, it's gonna happen. So he was a huge influence <laughs> on you then even growing, growing up, huh? John Mayer, Jay Mayer, yes sir. He uh and I was like, Man, I wanna be like that guy, you know, and except I can't really play the guitar like he, he does, but I play the piano pretty good and uh, you know, let's see what we can do here. And um so he was big also like guys like stevie wonder um i don't know there's some modern guys like ben rector alan stone really 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 cool guys you know especially ben rector with with the piano and i really like his approach um musically and just as a person to to popular music he's solid man honestly when i first heard you i thought oh man this is the
0: next Ben Rector, and that's not even a fair thing because I'm, every artist is so unique, unrepeatable. Yeah. But and you know, he just sold out two shows um, at the yeah. Ryman last weekend, and yeah. that's fairly unheard of for an independent oh, artist yeah. to sell out one show, much less two in a row. And he's just a creative genius and a really humble guy who yeah, loves what he does.
1: Definitely, the humility thing is really attractive to me about him. Is that, like you said, you know, selling out tons of shows at the Ryman of all, of all places, and. Uh, Still seems to be a very uh, nice, humble person. Absolutely. And you can tell he's a part of a much bigger
0: community of artists here in Nashville that I've always respected. You know, Dave Barnes and
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, Matt Wirtz, and, you know, some of the guys that are newer to me would be Drew Holcomb, some different artists that we've even distributed through Love Good Music. And, you know, I think in, in a lot of ways it's deeply encouraging for me to know that, hey, you know, as awesome as it is what we're doing through Love Good Music it's so much bigger than us and it's already happening uh, elsewhere and I don't know that it's gonna trickle down into the industry at large but it's happening with indie artists right now in a really oh, cool yeah. and really compelling way absolutely tell us about let's say two of the songs uh, All right. which are your two favorite on this EP and hmm. uh, maybe give us a little story behind each of them
1: alright well I can't really do that because it's like picking between your children Oh, but what I will do yeah <laughs> what I will do is I think I'll, I'll talk about some of the songs that I feel like speak to a lot of people. Um, and I'll start with, with Exits. And Exits was actually about my freshman experience, what we kind of briefly touched upon. And um, there is this little strip that went up to uh, University of North Texas from, from Dallas, and, and the street was called 35, and it actually goes all the way up to Canada. So it's kind of cool that anybody who lives in, Right in the middle of the country, can I uh, relate to the song, but uh it's it's about uh, how I was kind of going through all this stuff in in my uh freshman year, and uh I had this time to think, just driving this forty five minute stretch from Denton to Dallas, and how it would just be my uh contemplative time to uh get my uh life together in a way and um contemplative speaking of uh Thomas Merton now starting to read him too. Guys, awesome um, But yeah It was uh, It's just a time To collect my thoughts And um, Think about Some of the good things That were going And some of the bad things And uh, Kind of realizing That it was going to be okay In the end And That's uh, awesome There's some There's some love in it And there's some uh, There's some sad parts And there's some Happy parts And uh, it's really just a I think I think one of the most, as far as beauty goes, one of the most beautiful songs that I've written so far. So um, I think a lot of people get a response out of that.
0: It's really cool, I and mean, I love just that idea, actually, of movement from one place to the next, almost providing that space that we all need to sit mm-hmm. back and reflect and contemplate. It happens to me a lot on planes, less so in cars, actually, because yeah. there's so many distractions, like the radio mm-hmm. and, unfortunately, my cell phone. And in a plane, you don't have access to those things. Yeah. And I refuse to pay the 7 or $8 yeah. for Wi-Fi, so I just sort of read, <laughs> and I think, and I pray, and it's really amazing oh, yeah. what what gets stirred up in those kinds of moments. Oh, yeah.
1: I have this whole theory about truckers that, um, you know, the reason why a lot of truckers are religious is that they just have so much time to think about Mm -hmm. life and think about you know their 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 place in it so um yeah driving driving man and flying and traveling it's amazing yeah Yeah, silence and solitude
0: are not terribly comfortable realities for most people myself most especially and so it's amazing what what comes to the light Mm -hmm. when we just sit and we're silent oh yeah by ourselves oh yeah well tell us about your your next most universal song um, the one that you think will be most appreciated yeah. by fans
1: i uh this 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 song the little that i wrote called stuck in my head and uh I by the say, way that
0: song gets stuck in my head it's yeah. so incredibly catchy uh
1: <laughs> i don't know how you
0: do it well done
1: yeah it was actually a sort of a fluke i uh i wrote it for my songwriting class in and I was like, Oh, okay. This is kind of cool. Like, you know, whatever. It's not the best thing I've ever written. And, um, man, people ate it up when I played it, man. It was like, the response I like, got out of stuck in my head was ridiculously more than I expected. And I was like, huh, maybe there's something to this song. And I, and I kept playing like all my songs, people, and it just came up stuck in my head, stuck in my head. And, uh, man, it just really, really kind of took off in a way. And, and I'm something I'm super excited to see what it does when, when this EP gets released. And, um, it's just, it's just basically this really cool little groovy love song. And, uh, it's kind of when it, when a girl gets stuck in your head and, uh, you're, you know, you know, her face and her smile and everything just gets like stuck in your head and you're just kind of comparing her to a song. And, um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's cool. I really dig that. Can, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome, man. And, I, and the EP is, of course, titled after that that
0: song. Mm-hmm. And this is your first, at least your first, really yeah. professional project to ever release. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the process like, uh, without getting into the details, but sure. the, the process from start to finish, was there sort of a, has there been moments of anxiety? Is there mm-hmm. now a sense of accomplishment? You, you compared your songs like like as if they were your own, Babies, your own, you know, children that you've <laughs> that you've given life to, which I think is so true. I've heard artists say that it's a it's a terribly like vulnerable thing to share songs, hmm. uh, but but also a very life giving thing. Yeah. Uh, what's it been like to not just share them live like you've been doing for years, but now to be sharing
1: them in a whole new way? No, man, I just want to tell everybody about like my life and stuff and. Uh, I don't feel too shooken up about it when I'm, uh, you know, telling people what, you know, exits is about or this or that. And I just love to, uh, share what I like and love because, because, you know, it really boils down to everybody's going through the same stuff at the end of the day. Nobody really, not a lot of people have a lot of new stuff to say, you know, everybody has the same human experience that we, you know, must overcome. And, um, we, uh, we tend to uh have the same you know troubles and trials and and uh things that we like and and I love just sharing my my taking in that so uh I uh yeah man I I love sharing my music and uh want people to know everything it's about
0: Cool. I love that you use that phrase, human experience, so much because there is something universal about it. Well, it's exciting. I'm going to ask one more question and then beg you for details on how we can all stay in touch with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, The last question is, what do you hope people get out of any live experience uh, with your music or now uh, just listening into it uh, on their runs or in their cars or on planes like I often often do?
1: What do you hope is the take-home for folks? I just want people to have something more than what they came in with i want people to um take away something for their lives that's meaningful and something that um is enjoyable and um i think my music is um something people can both enjoy and take meaning from and um really apply to their lives and sort of music that uh you can live by right that's right that's right it's awesome man we'll see so yeah hit us up with your website your social media details all right you can check me out at my new domain nickfabian.com and uh you know you can always check me out on facebook um Nick Fabian music you can check me out on instagram which is pretty fire right now at Nick Fabian music. And, uh, I tweet, I tweet some Nicholas Fabian at Nicholas Fabian. And, um, SoundCloud is pretty popping too. Nick Fabian, soundcloud.com slash Nick Fabian music. So, uh, it's yeah. awesome.
0: It's awesome, man. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you in today. So excited yeah, to be sharing your music with our patrons, and I cannot wait to hear their feedback. Uh, to all of you who are out there as fans, friends, family, even founders of Love Good Music, uh, from the bottom of my heart, and I know from Nick's as well, we just can't thank you enough because you make moments like this possible, you make music like this possible, and I really do believe that we have an incredible opportunity in front of us to change the world, uh, to reclaim the soundtrack of. Of people's lives and, and to let this music uh, be a great force for good in the culture. So, Nick, it's a pleasure, a privilege, and a joy. I look forward to doing this again sometime.
1: Girl, thank you so much.
0: Nick Fabian, everybody. I mean, honestly, he's a heartthrob. The ladies really swoon, if I'm being honest. Mostly the middle-aged ladies that I know are crazy about Nick Fabian. He's also got this really cute dog. I mean, you need to go follow him on Instagram. He's just a really, really good guy, incredibly talented. And one of those artists that we met in the early years that I think in many ways has shaped the kinds of artists that we work with, the kind of genres that we aren't afraid of. And obviously he is our our lead horse when it comes to pop And sort of piano-driven pop specifically, he's one of the best. He's one of the best. And he's also featured, as many of you are very aware, on an exclusive album that you can only get through Lovegood called The Fireside Sessions. This is volume one of The Fireside Sessions, which is soon going to disappear. It's going to be replaced by volume two. All right. So if you've not downloaded this, it's acoustic recordings from many of our favorite artists like Nick Fabian, like Scott Mulvahill. All you got to do is go to slash free and download it again before it disappears forever. Okay. So Nick is a big featured artist on that, but so are many others that you're going to fall in love with if you don't already know them. So Lovegoodculture.com slash free. And next week, I am so sad to say that we're in our final episode in this throwback series, but I'm very happy to say it's with Chris Cole. Chris is one of my absolute favorite singer-songwriters. He's from Baton Rouge, He's a Louisiana boy. He's a Cajun boy. And he's actually in education full-time now, just like I am, but is still making music on the side. And at one point, we were making a lot of music together. And he is one of the, I say foundational artists for Love Good. So tune back in next week for the final episode in this throwback series. And we'll see you sooner than later. All right, peace. Massive thanks for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. If you like this week's episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, share it on social media, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and then join us on the front lines of building a better culture by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. Our patrons get all kinds of incredible exclusive content, such as a weekly long form video of the podcast, a monthly live stream house concert with our artists, and a seasonal package that will raise your standard for music, books, and art forever. Thanks again for tuning in. It's an honor to accompany you as you change the world.